Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, what a glorious day today. We've got uh, cloudy skies, supposed to rain, but you know what? Jesus is still shining. Um, me and Susan were talking the other day, um, and our intent's not for this podcast to be bad or what to work or, you know, not not negative, but not uplifting either. And so we're kind of trying to see what God's going to do with that. Because the thing is, there is so much freedom on the other side of working through some of this stuff um, that it, that our tent's not, really, it's not for your marriage to be better. It's for you to have freedom in Christ. And I, I think, you know, that has eluded us for decades. And now that now that we are seeing glimpse of it, we can see God's hand moving in it. Um, Susan brought up a great point of, you know, we need to kind of get into the positive side, which I agree completely, because the thing is, when we start talking about realizing who you are and all of its marriage related and so on and so forth, but really it's freedom in Christ related. related. Um. Because the thing is, um, your true freedom is in Christ. And, uh, you know, I was thinking this weekend we did a marriage conference in Cherryville. Uh, we were asked to do one of the sessions. And, you know, we have no idea how much God worked through that. Um, we may never know. But the thing is... You know, even with sometimes you're not sure where you're going, you're not sure what it looks like, God's hand's moving in the background. And then I was asked to fill a pulpit for a friend of mine. Um, Saturday, he texted me, and so Sunday we went to his church. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, the message I had was sporadic and all over. I mean, it covered marriage and planting not harvesting and i mean i was like okay god this is crazy i'm i have no focus but you know what god knew what he was doing because afterwards we realized that it was for a whole bunch of people so um you know i just thinking of some of the freedoms um just a piece and i've really gained it over the last probably six months that god's got and God will take care of it. And my worry level has went from off the charts some days. Because, I mean, running a business and family and all the stuff that gets mixed up in the middle. Um, off the chart with stress or, you know, worry. Now God's got it. God's going to provide the work. God's going to provide. I just need to have faith. And I think of uh, James 1-2. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase a whole bunch. It goes through like, I think eight James one, two through eight. Um, but it's have pure joy during trials of many kinds. And, uh, you know, if you need wisdom, ask God for it, he'll grant freely. But if you doubt that God will give it to you, you're unstable and double-minded in all you do. And, and, you know, that's, for me, I'm kind of right now in the point where it's like, God's got this. He will work it out. Do I get frustrated? Absolutely so. Do I get pissed off? Absolutely so. But 
right now where it used to last days or weeks, it's lasting 30 minutes, 45. And then it's kind of like, okay, God is God. He's going to take care of it. I don't need to worry about it. Well, and for me this morning, um, the verse that keeps coming to me, and I'm not sure where it's found, but it's um, just be still and know that I'm God. And I know we've touched on this before. It's the being still that really changes your focus onto where it should be. Um, I have a whole list of things that I can complain and whine about, and rightly so to a certain degree. But none of that brings glory to God. And none of that helps my mental state of mind. And so it's the being still and, you know, thinking on God's word and what it says and thinking about the things that he has so richly blessed us with um, and to be thankful for what he has done for us instead of getting caught up in the current situation and circumstance. Um, We have a friend of ours that David's been dealing with um, that came over last night and he kept saying, I just need a break. I need a break. And we've heard him say this for several, several months. I just need a break. I need God to give me a break. And he went through a revival and God spoke to him and, you know, he was, um, he felt like God was telling him he needed to be humble. And so he has been working on that. But in the midst of it, the same thing. I need a break. I need God to show up. And so I asked him last night, are you thankful that he did show up the time that he showed up? Are you thankful for that? Because the thing is, we want all these miracles, for lack of a better word, or we want to rub the genie bottle, a.k.a. we want God to show up. And then when he does... We have a brief moment of an aha moment, and then we forget within hours, days, whatever, that he really did show up, and he did um, change us, and he did grow us, but we're not appreciative for that moment because we so quickly get stuck back in the, I need him to do something different. He's not a genie. He's not a... He is always working. He's always working. Is it in the way we think he should? Not always. Is it, you know, is he going to give us blessing upon blessing upon blessing? Nowhere in the Bible does it say your life is going to be a piece of cake and you're going to be walking on easy street once you become a believer. It says just the opposite, like the verse that David just shared. In this life, you'll endure many trials and so, but to be joyful in those. And the way, reason we can be joyful in those is because God is with us all the time. And in control. And he's the one that's in control. He knows what's going to happen before it even happens. And we have to trust that it's for our good and that it's for our benefit and it's for our growth. You know, there is nothing that grows that, that doesn't go through growing pains. And so these growing pains, we have to, we should rejoice and be thankful for because it's bringing us to a different level with God. Yeah, that's, I mean, we were talking this weekend or I was talking to somebody and, and, uh, or it might've been during my breakout session that I was teaching. And, you know, that's what I was telling them. I mean, 
okay, when we were having all of our problems, it was probably the worst time in my life. And afterwards was probably one of the best times of my life as we started working through it. It wasn't easy. But, you know, God turned our marriage around. Honestly, we don't even deserve that. But God changed in our lives, changed our marriage. And, and you know, um, it, we, we sometimes can say it flippantly that God did this. But, you know, God takes care of us so much. Um, but we're kind of like spoiled children. Sometimes we want more. We want this. We want this fixed. We want this. And, you know, um, I, I just think of, you know, my mom passed away from Alzheimer's and that was a horrible time in my life of, of dealing through that. But you know what? God worked on me a lot through that time. And I got a lot of freedom, freedom in Christ. And knowing God's in control and, and, uh, you know, we, we, I think we as the Americans, humans, whatever you want to say, kind of get greedy in the child way of, well, you did this and man, I appreciate it. You saved my marriage, but I got more on my list. And until you do it, I ain't going to be happy. I mean, I, I think sometimes we... Like Susan said, we look over the good times. We don't focus on the positives that happen. And I deal with guys, and and uh, I was dealing with one last night. He, I was talking to him, and and uh, I said, How, "How's your marriage?" Because it had been it's been rocky, and it, there was touch and go of moment by moment there for a little bit. And he said, "You know," he said, uh, "I'm still in the house." She doesn't want me to leave. I'm sleeping in a separate bedroom. It's like, man, that's a huge win compared to where you were 30 days ago. You know, and I, I think sometimes you're exactly right, dear. We don't celebrate the wins. And once we, it's kind of like winning a track meet. When you win the track meet, now you're on to the next one. You want to win the next one, not be thankful that you won that one. Yeah, I just think that, you know, we get so caught up in um, the day-to-day and, you know, just like, okay, on the surface, you think, well, she hasn't kicked him out of the house yet um, and he's sleeping in a separate room. You can look at that and think, well, that's not really a good marriage or that's not um, ideal or whatever. But if you go past the surface of that and look deeper, she was ready to kick him out of the house 30 days ago. Right. But God convicted him, laid it on his heart, called David and talked to him. And he's taking the steps that he needs to take in order to restore his marriage. It's not fun. It's not easy. It's difficult. But he believes in God, he believes in his power, and he wants to save his marriage. So he's going through the steps that he needs to take in order to do that. And the fact that he is still living at their house and that she hasn't kicked him out yet, it is a win. Because that means that there's still some love there from, for her. You know, she still has some feelings for him. And so she doesn't want it to end either, or he, she would have kicked him out. 
Well, and I think she sees God moving. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, just like we talked about at the conference this weekend, is whether we like it or not, God has designed a plan for man to be under God and for woman to be under man. And that's his design, and that's when the world is in alignment and is going to work perfectly. That doesn't mean I'm not going to get into submission and who's better and all of that stuff um, today on on that. But that just basically means, though, that, um, you know, God is above everybody. And then God created man, and then God created woman under man. And so when the man is walking with God, the women will see that and want to follow because that is how God designed it to be. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm so proud of him for, because he is, not only has he he stepped out and he's going to celebrate recovery, which is um, normally an addiction program. He doesn't have the addictions, but he kind of does. You know, I had addictions in the sense of anger and, you know, just the way I treated. And he's been going uh, 30 days, and and, uh, I'll be honest with you, most guys... Don't have that much get up and go to them. Most of them give up when they don't see immediate results. And uh, anyway, you guys celebrate the baby steps. Celebrate the little wins and thank God for them. Because the thing is, they're not all going to be marathons that you win, state championships that you win. Not going to be huge wins. It may be that you're better than what you were yesterday. It's a win. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we we get discontent. Um, we we get where we want to feel like we're winning every day, and and that comes with time. But that's understanding who God is and what God does, and in trusting Him, even when it's a bad day, that it's a win, because there's a lot of things that could have happened that didn't. Well, and if it's a win every time then you don't know how to celebrate the losses, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's like a a baseball team that wins all the time. Well, then you get um, boastful, and then you get arrogant. And if you have a win all the time, you don't know. I mean, that takes away the, the need for God to show up because if you're doing everything on your own and and you're, feeling successful and winning and never have any trial, then what really do you need God for? Right. Because you are going to have trials. They're going to come. And I don't think there's anybody out there who can say any differently. Um, His word tells us that we're going to have trials. And that's to grow us and to help us to learn how to rely on him. He wants to give you the wins. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be successful. But more than any of that, he wants you to show the love of Jesus to other people. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, actually died a couple weeks ago. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, what is the purpose of life? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're not showing his love to other people, what is really the point of us being here on earth? Because here's the thing is, we are born, we grow up, 
we usually get married, we have a family, we work our tails off to try to have stuff, and then we die. And all the stuff we can't take with us, um, we don't take anything with us except what we left behind, and that being what we've taught our children, what we've um, shared with our family and friends from a spiritual standpoint and from love and things we've trained them to do. Um, that's, that's what we leave behind, a legacy. We don't take anything with us. And so, you know, I just really, God laid on my heart during this whole thing of life and death that we're all going to die. And our purpose here on life is to figure out where we're going, is to not figure out, but to share with others the love of Jesus so that we can spend eternity with them and with him. Well, and I think you get into uh, the discussion of why are churches failing? Why are, you know, why are they, nobody wants to go? And, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of all of that because there is politics in that whole conversation. But um, number one, it's surrender to God. But it's also, you know, people being able to see Jesus through you. Um, and I, I think the American church has got off track from where they really should be going um, because there, there are churches, the Holy Spirit moves and flows greatly, and there's churches that they don't. And I know there is seasons because it doesn't mean it's a bad church by no means. Um, but I think, you know, when you really break it down for me and, and for my friend last night, she can see Jesus through him and see him changing, but she don't trust that the change is going to stick. And that's completely understandable. I mean, we went through that, mm-hmm. and and that takes time. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if people can't see Jesus through you, then there's just a broken, flawed, pain-in-the-butt person in front of them. And I, I, I don't mean it that way, but it's true. Because um, the thing is, you know, when you really look at it and start breaking it down— Christ is the one that makes us humble. Christ is the one that makes us loving, um, understanding. I mean, you start going down through the list that without him, the world beats crap out of you, and you get cynical, hateful, and bitter, and you hate everybody. And, you know, we know a lot of people that are in that boat. And I, I just I just really one of those things that until you understand what a relationship with Christ is. And for anyone that's listening that does not understand that, um, you know, really it's the best way for me to explain it. When you were dating your wife or, or dating a girl that you just started and, and you really, um, you want to be with them every moment of the day. You want to talk to them every moment of the day. Okay. That's how you build a relationship. That's where you start. And, you know, being really whether you're saved or not, and I'm going to go down this road, saved or not is irrelevant in this conversation. It it is relevant in other conversations. But in this one, 
it's a matter of just, you know, two people, I always say two guys sitting on the back of the truck of the, of the tailgate of the truck going, you and God, God, this is horrible. I don't know what to do. Drawing, having someone to talk to. And I think sometimes we, we feel like it needs to be more official than that. When really you got to start the relationship with daily conversation or moment by moment. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, we don't talk to him because he doesn't necessarily verbally talk back to us, but that's kind of the thing that was laying on my heart while David was speaking is if you don't know who God is and you don't know his love, then you can't show it to other people. You have to know him in order to act like him. And it's just, you know, when you're around certain people, if you're around them long enough, you kind of start to act like them. Sometimes you even start to look like them. And that would be the goal with Jesus, that you would know him so well and that you look like him and that you act like him and that you have the love that he has for you, that you would have that love for other people. And the way to know him and the way to develop that relationship and how he speaks to us is through his word. You know, I've heard most of my life, even though I wasn't in church all of my life, that Jesus, that the word of God, the Bible, is Jesus's love letter to us. Anything that he would say to you in a conversation when you're sitting on the back of a pickup truck talking to him, you can find in his word. What he says in the Bible, he would say to you if he were sitting right next to you. Because your, his spirit lives inside of you. And so you can hear his still, small voice. Again, it won't come in the way of a storm or a heavy wind. Or Jesus speaks to us in a still, small voice. We have to listen. And when we're talking to him on the back of a pickup truck, you have to pause and listen. And feel what your spirit is guiding you to think. And um, have have the Bible with you and open it up and let it speak to you. Again, just because his word is what he would say to us if he were sitting beside us. Well, and that's uh, the thing is, with the Holy Spirit, you'll be convicted. God will convict you. Uh, I don't remember the verse. I've heard it all my life. You know, God knocks at the door and it's your choice to open. And, and so that, you know... That's a real opportunity and a decision for you because, you know, uh, standard American Christianity um, is has hurt a lot of people. And uh, but the win is Christ can heal that. It's not about that. It's about his love, because and Susan brought up a great point. If you can't feel his love and understand his love. You can't pass his love on. It's just simple, basic. If, you, if you've never seen it, you, you can't repeat it. And if you don't feel his love, it's not because of God. Right. Because he's always there. He doesn't change. Well, and I think that that's some, you know, we were talking to one of the guys that was over at the house last night. You know, that's one of the, the problems with feelings. You know, you go to a revival, you feel God. Um, and then when you don't feel him, he must not be there, which is not the case. And, and you know, living 
for Christ is one of those things that it's a, it's just like a job. I mean, really you're communicating all day long. You're, you're looking for, um, solutions really. Cause I mean, if you think about it, God, God is not there to be a genie and answer things, but he is a loving, caring, and does want to help you through things. And it, it really should be a all day, every day. Well, and it's something that you have to work at. Like it's, it is, it, I don't know, that like a job, but it's something that just like any relationship, you have to work in every single relationship that you have. You have to invest time um, in every relationship that you have. And the more time you invest, the stronger that relationship is. And I, you know, before we close or get close to closing, I just for sure want to make it clear that we have not perfected any of the things that we are Absolutely. sharing with you guys. This is, <laughs> this has been more for me this morning, probably maybe for any more than anybody else, because, you know, it's easy to forget, oh, I need to go to God for this, or, oh, I need to get God involved in this, or... I'm just feeling down or overwhelmed or anxiety or stress or tired or blah, 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 blah. And my go-to is food. You know, it's easy for me to put something in my mouth and get that serotonin going or whatever it is to make me feel quote unquote better. um, When really I just need to pause for just a brief moment. The time that it takes me to go get something to eat and stick it in my mouth. I need to take that moment and wait and hear from God and speak. let him speak to me instead of just, um, you know, my go-to is just to immediately have an action, and usually that action is not going to God. And so please don't think that we have this perfected or that we're hypocrites because you've seen us somewhere and you think, well, they didn't act like that. You know, it's, we are a work in progress just like everybody else. Um, our heart's desire is to do what we're talking about, is to have the closest relationship that he's our automatic go-to all the time. Well, and I think you can focus on the negative. I did horrible here. I should have done this. I did that. Focus on the wins. Hey, if you go to God at one point in time and go, today, today, whatever's going on in your world, and you say, God, I don't understand this. What are you trying to show me? What's going on? Uh, okay, that's a win because you went to God when you wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, focusing on the little wins, to me, the baby steps, the the work in it, that's what it's about because it is a daily progress. You can backslide. You can get into old habits. You can't. There's a lot of things you can do, and we do them. We, I mean... And that's why we can speak, because we do this well. We backslide, we have bad days, we take our focus off of Jesus. And I, I, the old song, and I use this in a lot of the speaking places, um, there's an old hymnal, and I'm trying to look it up as we're speaking here, um, and it's Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. The, and that, that hymnal is just really one that speaks directly to you if you if you do what it says then the the troubles of this earth become become strangely dim yeah 
in the glory and the grace of him and and i can't find it it's not popping up but um turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face For and the, the things, things of, of this, this world earth. will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory, glory and, and grace. grace and and you know i think some some people oh, it's just a hymn but really if you're focusing on him all day long and wanting to communicate with him and trying to do it the thing is he wants to make the things of this earth grow strangely dim yes and and the light of his glory and grace because the freedom is there and so i think sometimes we really get wound up on a big win winning a state championship well let's think about that only one team in every division wins the state mm. championship the rest lose so if your goal is a big win every time, change. I love this one. I hear this from guys. God, change my situation. Bring me a woman. Bring me a better job. Well, even if when he does that, you, you have the next one lined up that you got ready for God to bring you. And I think sometimes we're not okay with a win. We expect more every time, and we kind of expect it to be perfect, kind of our world to be easy, our world to be better. And and what I'm saying is, if that was the case, if he was a genie and said, bam, your world's better, um, a couple of things would happen. Number one, you would expect him to do that every time you had a bad moment. Um, but then you'd also get to the point where, you didn't really need to know him. You just needed to say, hey, fix this, Lord. Bam, fixed. Okay, everything's great. And and uh, I was in a situation to where I was very aggravated last night. Um, and it was in uh, dealing with another group and God-related. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, God's going to be God. Mm -hmm. God can fix and do whatever he wants to, regardless what my plan in my head is, that doesn't go the way I think it should. And that's a struggle for me to say, because yes. I'm I'm more of the, you know, if it's broke, I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And that's what, you know, that, that anger lasted about 30, 45 minutes. And then once I kind of got refocused on God of, okay, God. This meeting means absolutely nothing. At the end of the day, I can go talk to them individually. It's just that they will all be together. It'd be easier for me. That's all. When you break it down in a nutshell, that's really all that that meeting was. But I was angry about it. And so, you know, really when you get into that angry, depressed, um, not happy with your life, you know... Um, I think you need to get focused back on where's your last win. And I've got one guy that says, oh, I have never won. Well, then when you start pointing out the wins where God did move, well, but he didn't move anymore. Yeah. Well, what have you done? Just sat there. I'm waiting on him. No, you you got to invest time. you got to be willing to learn, willing to go. And, and uh, that's the reason why my buddy that his marriage is, it's not better. It is a little bit, 
and he's celebrating that win, but he's dedicated. He is going to those meetings regardless because it's a priority. And that's the way we got to look at God. God's a priority. We've got to chase Jesus. Yes, I would just agree with that. And um, just keeping our focus on him, you know, it's like I said, a daily, it's a daily thing, a daily surrender. Moment by moment surrender some days. You know, take up your cross daily and follow him. And so um, that would just be my encouragement for this week is just to, um, you know, be still, take up your cross daily and follow him. Guys, at the end of the day. God does love you. And sometimes the decisions we make get us in bad bad areas or bad results. It's not God being mean because we drove the car there. God wasn't driving the car. But God can change that situation if you're willing to let him. Hey, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast and, you know, share it. And because at the end of the day, we're wanting to help people, um, not couples. Yes, but also people. So, Hey, you have a great week and, uh, we'll talk to you next week.